0: This is episode number 13 of the Paleo Women Podcast. Hey friends, thanks for joining us. I'm Noelle Tar, nutritional therapy practitioner and author of everything you'll find at coconutsandkettlebells.com. And I'm here with Stephanie Ruper author of the best-selling book, Sexy by Nature, PCOS Unlocked, and Weight Loss Unlocked. And she's really a great catch. Like, she's fantastic. You can find her at paleoforwomen.com or OkCupid. Please keep in mind our disclaimer. The information on this podcast is intended to provide helpful and informative material and shouldn't be considered a substitute for medical advice or treatment of any kind. (laughs) So...
1: The Paleo Women Podcast pimpany, Pimping <laughs> Stephanie Rupert Since 2015
0: You're such a great catch
1: Oh, goodness I Well, I certainly think so I do
0: too, so that's why I said it <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh my god I can't even um, I had a crazy day Can I tell you what happened to me today?
0: Yeah, please
1: I found out what college I'm going to be in At Oxford Oh yeah? Yeah, so the college system is really crazy. It's like there's the University of Oxford, but the, as a graduate student, which is what I am, the place where you live and study and eat and sort of socialize is uh, your college. And they all all the colleges are different. There's like 40 of them. And when you apply, you get to request one. And I requested one, and I got denied. They mm. did not want me. And then they sort of put you in a pool, and then it's like a draft. And another school like picks you if they want you.
0: The NFL, huh? Yeah.
1: And I've been <laughs> totally I've been totally anxious about finding out where I'm gonna go because you have to apply for housing through them. Mm. And I like was in the draft pool for quite some time. Um <clears throat> I wouldn't want me either. So I was in the draft <laughs> I was in the draft pool for quite a while, so I was getting really antsy about being able to find good housing. So I found out what school I was in today, so then I spent all day today, not doing any of my ordinary work, which is totally stressing me out because I don't know Hmm. when I'm going to do it. Um, But instead, like panicking and trying to figure out what I wanted to do about housing now that I know what school I'm in. But okay, so here's the interesting part. They put me in the school for mature students. What? Yeah, and That's a thing? That's a thing. And I'm not like emotionally mature students. Like you're
0: old. like i'm old (laughs) welcome oh my god you're on the other side now
1: i am i know i'm on the other side i i've always i've i know and now it is confirmed to me in external data i like i don't even i don't even know what to do and except i mean well but the the thing is is i'm pretty excited about it because i hate young people
0: (laughs) yeah so annoying (laughs) no
1: like seriously college undergraduates
0: yeah, no, I get it. Once you're on the other side, and you're like, you know, upper twenties, thirties, you're like, oh my gosh, did I really act like that? <laughs> was I that one day, one day long ago?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I've always, I've always been super cool. No, I was, I was terrible, and oh. That's just, and at, at like wealthy places too, like some of the kids are just complete. I just had a bunch of words run through my head, and I can't mm. say any of them. Right, censor. -hmm.
0: Beep. Um. Yeah. Likewise, I had an interesting day. I found a bunch of gray hairs. A bunch on my head too, actually. But to me, that's a bunch. I. So we're both
1: mature women now, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have naturally dark hair, and I am growing it out. Like I'm growing out all the highlights and stuff, and just like parted it. I don't typically dry my hair unless I'm going to do something. And I was going to do something, and I dried it, and I was like, oh my gosh. It was like two or three laying right on top of my head. I had to pluck them off. It was cray. I I don't know what to, you know, here we are. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to be 30. That... And gray.
1: That would actually probably feel important to me (laughs) if that happened to me.
0: I love your interpretations of things sometimes. (laughs)
1: Sometimes. (laughs) I like the way you think about stuff some of the time.
0: what is that is that a quote no it's just me paraphrasing
1: you yeah Yeah. me interpreting your statement about me interpreting things yeah
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: meta interpretation
0: yeah yeah so let's get on i because we got a lot to cover today i i um i first want to chat about you your post so you did a post about what paleo means to you we talked a little bit about this last podcast with paleo effects and kind of what that means to us, and and the best and worst, and people are responding really well to it, and people are responding pretty well to the post you made too. So, yeah,
1: i i think we I think we did mention the post itself last week because mm-hmm. it was forthcoming. Um, and I went into, I opened up my my WordPress window, and I saw that I had. Like a ton of comments in a short period of time, I was like, "What? People don't comment on my blog," <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and uh, and there was this huge outpouring of people talking about, you know, reflecting on what I had said in the post, what Paleo means to me. And I skimmed some of them because I could feel that they, they were contentious and they wanted to fight with me about what paleo means. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I, I, uh, I don't really like controversy. But a lot of it was really supportive. And uh, I, I wrote the post in response to our, my, our experience at Paleo FX. Mm-hmm. And that isn't to say that I didn't like Paleo I had a great time. And that isn't to say that I don't love the people at Paleo I love the people at Paleo Uh, What it was, though, was that the experience, it did have some things that I think could be improved upon. But basically, it sort of brought me back to a place of remembering that the Paleosphere has a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. And a lot of different viewpoints about what paleo means and i really like what paleo means to me <laughs> and and i want to i wanted to recommit myself to promoting that so i talked about things like paleo is being gender equal and you know not not everything that happened that weekend was which is no i was just going to say which is fine but actually it's not it's not mm-hmm. fine um i talked about body acceptance I talked about and this idea is really important to me the idea that paleo for me is relaxing into my body rather than challenging it to rise to some standard I know that like fitness has this really wonderful component often of sort of challenging yourself and transcending your limits and not just becoming like fitter more fit physically, but also in some ways more fit emotionally uh, because it, it helps you to you know have goals and that sort of stuff I know I don't know wells into that sort of thing uh, <laughs> and, and anyway and I think that's really valid and really awesome and I think that these two viewpoints are not antithetical to each other at all, but I have since learned after really like pushing myself and living on the edge of willpower for the first couple decades of my life, that that's not the way that I want to exist anymore. I quoted Mary Oliver. I said, what paleo means to me is uh, letting the soft animal of my body love what it loves and sort of nourishing myself in that sort of way and letting my body sleep when it wants to sleep. I just, I picture, if I want to idealize our ancestral hunter-gatherer past or whatever, like I I picture people lounging, in, in in playing and dancing and and relaxing as much as possible i don't um, I don't see them necessarily well <laughs> there are different components to to the hunter gatherer cultures that we do know of and some of them are do have a lot of really punishing practices <laughs> but i that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun to me you know I don't know if i if I want to live in like in a competitive world or a world in which i push and definitely not in which I punish myself, you know, like, so my fitness is, is about love and sort of being in harmony with my body instead of overcoming it. And that was something that really resonated with people and something that I sort of brought with me coming out of paleo effects, but also a lot of the inclusivity stuff, the gender stuff and the body acceptance stuff. So, um, anyway, yeah, it was just really cool to see that. And we got a lot of responses. I think we've talked about this, but we got a lot of responses to the podcast we did a couple weeks ago about noelle's experience with her non-six-pack and and this is sort of along the same vein it's just been really nice to like you know read about people finding resonance with the stuff that we do and i think it's important
0: yeah i think i think the one thing that really resonated with a lot of people was Paleo is quick to become the next thing and the next regimen, and we we don't often see that. And this is with fitness too. We don't see that this is something that should be nourishing to us, mm-hmm. and this is something that should be healing to us, and this is something that should be, you know, taking a, a form of taking care of ourselves. And and too often it comes into almost a way to just self-harm and to control and to like go against your body because you're trying to combat all of the the internal you know wrongs that you've done or internal and external wrongs that you've done in the past now you're trying to make it right and so it's about you know perfection and willpower and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um and coming from a place of hey look paleo isn't about you know, wondering or asking if this is paleo or classifications of foods or, you know, based on someone else's discernment. It's, it's about learning, you know, the inherent qualities of food and how they interact with our physiology and, and our own personal needs and recognizing where that food came from and how it was brought into being and how, and how it impacted the earth and sustainability. And um, it's so much more than just is this paleo? And I think that f- f- people are who have been doing paleo, even new people, which is interesting, I think that there's a lot of new paleo folk, right? Like a lot of people are like, huh, this makes sense. I'm going to do this diet. And and um, now they're kind of like, wait a second, like, <laughs> really, do I have to follow all these rules? Is that what the paleo folk did? You know, is that what our ancestors did? No, they didn't. They didn't follow all these rules. They did things that worked for them and nourished their body, and they worked with what was available to them. and and they played and they jumped around they they didn't like go and you know do crossfit workouts and and lift big boulders for time just you know for hours each day they they did things when they needed to and they rested a ton when they needed to and it was all about taking care of themselves so i think what you did with that post was really you know revolutionary in terms of okay let's let's take it back to this again like let's let's kind of get our head on straight and and bring this out to light. And hopefully, you know, we can start talking about that more. Cause it seems like it's, it's hit a nerve. So. Yeah. I, it's, <laughs>
1: It's funny because I I mentioned this in the post as well, like sitting in this little corner of the paleo community, I just kind of like assume, I just kind of, I'm like, what? Everybody like likes bodies now and carbohydrates. People don't like hate me for eating them and all this sort of stuff. It just, it feels so normal and sort of passe for me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. we already know this. Right. We already know this stuff, you know, but, uh, the world is really, really big and it's full of a lot of, you know, really big challenges and, um. Contesting views and stuff, and so I just i i believe that we need to keep uh, keep that mantle on.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I do too. It's I I feel the exact same way. I'm almost like now that I have come on the other side of all these things, I'm like, who cares about weight? You know, who cares about the the exact shape or look of your midsection? Like, who, really, it does not matter. You know what I mean? And to me, it's like. When I hear somebody saying like, well, I stepped on the scale or I weighed myself or seeing people in my life have those behaviors. I'm like, don't you know what I know? And we have to realize that a lot of people don't have the same sort of grasp or self-acceptance or body awareness or even just intuition in in terms of how foods work for them and how fitness works for them and, and not not fighting against it, but working with it. So, yeah, let's keep talking about it
1: let's keep talking about it Well, don't you worry audience because (laughs) well and i do not shut up
0: that is not a problem at all not a problem uh before we get into questions i have a i'm going to read an itunes review Ah! it's really exciting and and she does choose so this one's from this one is from Sarah Gal I absolutely love listening to these ladies their stories and knowledge and tips about loving food and self love have helped me so much I'm very new to the paleo world but the encouragement I have received through this podcast has helped me tremendously and to answer your question Stephanie as much as I love you both and would love to be stuck on a deserted island with you both I think if I had to choose I would probably choose Noelle and that is simply because I feel like she would be more proactive in trying to figure out how to get off the island while you, Stephanie, would be more concerned with protecting yourself from the sun and finding shade in order to prevent wrinkles.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm totally cool. I'm a mature student, all right? Oh,
0: my gosh. Sarah... Sarah knows us.
1: <laughs> Sarah that- thinks I'm vain, all right? Yeah. That- She's right, though. <laughs> I'm terrified of dying and growing old and getting... I have wrinkles already, so. so... My soul definitely has wrinkles.
0: So, so Sarah is. We need to make sure it's Team Noel or Team Stephanie. I'll, I'll, I, team Stephanie, get out there! and cast I know your- we need we need some Team Stephanie right now. Steph is is zero. Noel one. So,
1: if we don't get some Team Stephanie out there, I'm going to boycott. You can have just Noel until until we get some votes. Yeah. Oh, I can't promise them that they're all they're going to throw parties. <laughs>
0: We're getting off the island. That's all I got to say. Who's with me?
1: Okay. I hate the island. I can't dance salsa on an island. You
0: can. You could just be by yourself or dance with all the people that stay with you or on Team Stephanie.
1: I thought well, I thought if you were on a, a deserted island, it, the whole point was that you were alone.
0: Isn't that the whole point? That is the point. But um, we said if you wanted to be stuck on a deserted island with Noelle or Stephanie, so it's not so deserted. It's deserted oh, yeah. with one of us. Okay. Yeah. So you'd be able to teach. You just hope somebody that stays with you is a good dancer.
1: (laughs) Sarah, I'm going to teach you how to salsa.
0: (laughs) Don't try. Don't try to shift her teams. She's on (laughs) my side. We're getting off. Okay. Questions. You good? Yeah,
1: let's go. Okay.
0: So question number one is from Julie. Dear Stephanie and well, here's my situation. I'm 44 and still struggle with acne. When I was 19 and living in France, I developed horrible cystic acne all over my face. After months of medic medicines, creams, scrubs, and other potions, I learned that when I didn't eat chocolate, they went away. Though I still had occasional breakouts, that was that. Later, the cystic acne returned and I had to eliminate peanuts, things with iodine, etc. Again, it went away. Both times, it was months of wanting to wear a bag over my face. Now, each month, I can guarantee at least a blemish or two. I'm redheaded with very sensitive skin and everything shows up on my face. When I get little bumps, it becomes bright red and looks like a red light on my face. And the sun, any deviation in diet, a bit of stress, etc., shows up on my face as well. I've seen that being sugar, wheat, dairy-free olive really helped, but still there are things that make it worse. I'd love to hear suggestions from people with extra sensitive skin. I, too, am a delicate flower, Stephanie. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. So I also have red hair and very sensitive skin. Um, yeah, this I, this totally rings true for me. Like, if I if I sort of very lightly scratch my fingernail on my arm, I'll have like a red line there for several hours. Like that's a real thing. And so. I really hope <laughs> – I really hope that the little bit of acne and, and the few skin things that I have here and there that show up are only because my skin is so sensitive and not because, like, I have this underlying, like, roaringly bad condition. <laughs> uh, no, I – you know, I – whatever. I've I've made a lot of strides with my skin. I'm really happy with it these days. Um Suggestions for people with extra sensitive skin. So first and foremost is figuring out your food sensitivities. And it sounds like you've done this and you are correct. I mean, obviously, if it's your experience, it's your experience. But your experience speaks to a fact, an appearing fact coming out in the dermatological literature that um, shows that chocolate, like pure cocoa powder, does increase acne by, get this, 170%. That's like that's not a number to sneeze at, right? One hundred and seventy percent is a lot, and this is just like uh, statistics, right? From people who uh, were in a double-blind study, fed chocolate. Um, We're not sure exactly what what that problem is. It may be um, because of FODMAPs in the chocolate. Um, It may be because of some other sort of immune response, maybe. Anyway, we're not sure, but that's real. So everybody know that. Uh, it's, not, it's not pseudoscience when people think that there's a connection between chocolate and acne. So avoid the chocolate. Uh, figure out your things. Uh, peanuts, you said, iodine. That totally makes sense to me. Um, people have food sensitivities for so many different reasons. I can't even begin to list all of them. Um, like I personally, I struggle with sulfur con- sulfur containing foods, and so that's uh, that's its own bag of you know tricks. But it's I'm a part of a very small population who suffers from that. Um, nuts and seeds are pretty pretty common for people because. They can be inflammatory. You know, there are omega-6 fats. There's also a lot of insoluble fiber in them, and insoluble fiber can be rough on the gut. Um, Chris Kresser describes it as having, like scrubbing an iron, or sorry, a wire brush, like on the inside of your gut. You know, it's like it's abrasive. So those things can be problematic. Um, Food's really high in saturated fat. Can be can be problematic, not always, but can be because saturated fat does participate in inflammatory pathways in the body. Um, yeah, so fibrous foods, omega-6 fats. Um, some people have sensitivities to nightshades, which are tomatoes, potatoes, eggplants, and peppers. Uh, so I just I need to cover the food thing because that's real. Uh, dairy is also um, a pretty common problem for women especially for men too, uh, but dairy's got all kinds of hormones in it. So if you suffer from hormonal acne, dairy often uh, can play a role in that. Um, Sugar is really big, of course, Um, but generally natural carbohydrates tend to be okay unless you have like a a bad um, insulin problem of any sort of – any sort Sun exposure is really damaging to skin and causes acne in a lot of people. Like I, I think I've said on the podcast before that I, yeah, when we talked about sunscreen, <clears throat> that I always cover my face. Um, and that's uh, because UV damage can is very real for acne. So you can get sun on other parts of your body, but to protect your face might be really wise if you have very sensitive skin. I personally do not use any products on my face at all. Um, I do use a moisturizer, so I guess I use one. Um, it's uh, I use Cetaphil, which I have talked about on the podcast before. It's like the dermatologist recommended, you know, brand. It's cheap; you can get it anywhere. But it's got really gentle ingredients in it. You know, you could go the natural route with anything that you decide to use. If you decide to use a cleanser or a toner or Uh, a lotion of sorts or sunscreen you could go the natural route there are some really fabulous um, homemade things Primal Life Organics is a company run by a brilliant woman named uh, Trina Felber and she makes some really wonderful um, natural products she makes natural makeup um, acne zappers, all sorts of stuff and they're, they're fabulous and they're natural and that can be really helpful um, you can buy uh, a guide to making your products at home, a natural homemade skincare, I think is actually, um, or homemade beauty products at home. Like those <laughs> homemade beauty products at home, homemade beauty products. Those are like names of books and eBooks you can find online. Um, I have several of them at home. Uh, I don't <laughs> use them, but I always thought that one day I might, so I have those and, um, So you can go that way with your products and with with your use, and that could end up being really gentle for you. But to be honest with you, I find that even when I've experimented with using natural products, you know, things made out of olive oil or tea tree oil or whatnot, um, my skin still reacts to them because my skin is really delicate, and chemicals might be from nature, and they they might be more delicate or more natural or something that your skin... um, I recognize this more easily, but that doesn't mean that they're still not chemicals and still kind of powerful. So I personally don't use anything other than Cetaphil and it's just, it's the thing that's worked best for me. I, even, even though I wear makeup during the day, I do wear foundation on some days, most days. Uh, I wash it off at the end of the night with warm water and like a really soft washcloth in my fingertips and that's it. And that works for me. I think that's been, like, a really important thing. Um, one thing I used to do is I used to dunk my face in ice water, and that felt really nice. I'm not sure how much of a difference that made. That was back when people were doing, like, the cold stuff, the cold thermogenic stuff, um, And what I mean by that is uh, it was kind of a thing in the paleosphere to, like, get really cold because that's kind of like – it burns calories. That's what it does. You know, it's a stressor like that and can sharpen insulin sensitivity because it burns calories. So people were getting really cold, and one thing we did was dip our faces in ice water. Um, It felt really nice, and it does, like, kind of help tighten pores. Um, Sometimes, like, a really hot water or an oil cleanse, which I think Noelle does, so she could maybe talk about that um but that's a really nice like hot water will help dissolve like the lipids and the oils on your skin um if you use oil you can add oil to that as well like an olive oil and that can sort of help dissolve the <clears throat> oil on your skin and wash it off but if you're going to try and clean your face uh, hot water can be uh, really cleansing as well just alternating between hot and cold some of the time um Those are kind of, I mean, I'm just rambling about all these different ideas I have for skin tips. Um, Change your pillowcases, wash your towels a lot, you know, because they're just homes for bacteria. Um, Sleep is great. You know, sleep is when your body produces a lot of the healing stuff and the oils that, you know, like the good stuff, it cleanses the stuff out of your pores. Um, uh, What am I missing, Noelle? Can you think of more things?
0: Um, not that you do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are, what are other things that other people do?
0: So can I, uh, quick question. The chocolate studies, were they dark chocolate? Like, was it the cacao or was it just like regular milk chocolate?
1: Um, no, it was not milk chocolate. It's cacao powder.
0: Interesting. Cause you know, that's the, the most dense source of, uh, I think phytates, right? Phytic acid and
1: yeah. That's so a, that could that's be another one of the theories
0: that could be something. Um, so I don't have sensitive skin. I have really uh, pretty dry really, skin, really beautiful skin. Oh, thank you. Um, Jeez. But I did used to break out a ton, and especially when I was younger and when I was following more, a more vegetarian diet and when I was doing the low fat thing, I, I used to break out quite a bit. And I don't get acne. I never got you know the the acne that I saw in other people's faces. I would get these these white harder bumps uh, on my cheeks and on my chin, and I had keratosis pilaris on the back of my arms, and I. You know, I I started to really see a difference in the amount that I broke out when I started eating nourishing fats again. So when I started making sure that I was getting fat-soluble vitamins because what happened was I would go actually I'd get in the sun and then my skin would clear up. And I'd still get little breakouts here or there, but my keratosis pilaris would get a lot better and the breakouts on my face would get a lot better. And I started connecting the dots and realizing that that probably had more to do with vitamin D um, than anything. And so once I started really being vigilant about intake, my intake of vitamin A and vitamin D and um, really making sure that I was getting nourishing fats in, coconut oil, and um, I was doing butter for some time, I'm not doing that any, anymore, that really helped a lot. But what really did kind of kick it up a notch for me, I do the oil cleansing method. So there are two aspects of skin conditions. There's the lipid barrier. So we actually have fats or lipids that exist between the cells of the epidermis. And then we have fats that exist on top. And that's that's most commonly, it's like a mixture of sebum and a, and a few other things, a few other um, lipids. And that sort of um, protects our skin from losing water. And so that... If you have any sort of disruption to this lipid barrier, or you have a decrease in that sebum, that's that's what I'm referring to as dry skin. Now, there's other there's there, you can also have something called dehydrated skin, right? And that's kind of basic. That just means that your skin's not hydrated. So that's more of a deficiency in water or minerals that that would help you retain your cells retain the water. So for me, it was the the dry lipid barrier kind of issue and. So once I started using the oil cleansing method, Stephanie just mentioned this, what you do is you basically take an oil, um, like a, a whole cold-pressed, high-quality oil, you warm it up in your hands, you rub it into your face, and the oil helps dissolve a lot of those excess oils um, that may be, may be existing on your skin or just some of the dirt and or debris or whatever you've kind of uh, accumulated throughout the day. And then with a hot washcloth, you put it under warm water. If you have really sensitive skin, don't do hot. I do I do it pretty hot, and then I, you leave it on your face. You kind of push hold it on your face for you know, 10, 20 seconds. And the oil that you rubbed into your skin helps lift off a lot of that that crap that's on your face. And doing that, and and just totally eliminating, I used to, to pay so much money for multi step systems, doing that really just revolutionized the moisture aspect of my skin i use personally i just use coconut oil and coconut oil is interesting it's it's a medium chain fatty acid meaning that it's i think it's got between eight to twelve carbons in length and so it actually can get really deep into your skin as opposed to other oils like jojoba oil um, or olive oil, which are typically longer chain fatty acids, and they sit on top of your skin. So some people find that if they use just coconut oil, it's a little it can be a little drying because it goes so deep that it actually doesn't form, re- help form that lipid barrier on top. So the situation that I found that works best for a lot of people, I get a lot of comments on my blog about this oil cleansing method and about the toner that I use um, and how wonderful it's worked for people. But You really have to experiment because they're all different oils. So like olive oil, Stephanie was talking about, coconut oil, jojoba oil, argan oil, all of these oils basically have different fatty acid lipid profiles and based on your skin and and your genetics and what you got going on, they're going to react differently with your skin. So what I found works for me is doing the oil cleansing method with the coconut oil and then I rebalance um, the pH of my skin. So I use um, an apple cider vinegar toner. And it's just basically for me, I, f- I cut an apple cider vinegar with um, like one part water, one part apple cider vinegar. And I put a little tea tree oil or something in there. And that helps restore the lipid, um, the acid mantle of my skin. So you you have a delicate acid mantle on your skin. And it can be disrupted by like stress. It could be disrupted by Makeup by whatever you put on top of it. So I do the cleansing. I I do the um, DIY apple cider vinegar toner with like just a cotton pad of some sort, and that helps to kind of get off any of the excess makeup because you know makeup just loves to stay on your face. Like I always have it like you know in the corners of my face, so that helps get a lot of that off. And then if I'm feeling like it, which I don't do this a lot, but I'll follow up with some sort of facial moisturizer, which has an oil that's both an occlusive and emollient. So occlusives basically will help restore the lipid barrier on the skin by retaining moisture. So that means the fats stay on top of the skin. And then emollients fill in the cracks and smooth out the skin. So ojoba oil is actually both an occlusive agent and an emollient, and it works for all skin types. So I'll use that, and I'll typically mix it with a little bit of argan oil, and that will be how like my deep nourishing moisturizer that i'll use like 15 20 minutes before i go to bed so that's typically my hacks and and we'll link to um i'll link to the the all the I, i have a post about cleaning the toner and the facial moisturizer so we'll link to those and we'll also link to primal life organics um because we just talked to her for quite a while at paleo effect she's got a lot of awesome stuff so we'll link to that because if you don't feel like making it yourself she's got a whole line of of really great stuff um besides diet i mean the main thing that i i hack with people is of course diet and and getting a lot of the conventional stuff off of your face because you could you could be very well reacting to that but you, you got to connect the skin to the gut it's so well uh it's or it's so deeply connected and your skin is your largest detoxification organ right so if you're if you have an overabundance of toxins that you're trying to detox because of the food you're eating or the air pollution or even the stuff that you're putting on your skin um it's going to show up in your face and your you know back of your arms or whatever your back so hmm.
1: and that isn't to say that um, there are a lot of people who talk pseudoscience online <laughs> and <laughs> they say that like acne is your body's way of detoxing. Like it's trying to get rid of bad stuff through your skin. And that's actually, I'm pretty sure that's not what Noel means because that's, I don't think that's real science. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that would have to be very well researched and proven to, to be, ac- I mean, I don't know. That seems like it would be really hard to prove, but I don't know. Maybe one day.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, so Well. So. So far as we can tell, I mean, your body has a real detox pathway, but um, I don't think it's like your skin. The purpose of your skin is not for your body to push out bad stuff. Your body pushes out bad stuff uh, when you excrete it through, like, urine after it's been in your bloodstream for a while. But the thing is is that when you have – bad things floating in your bloodstream and bad things in your fat cells, then you have, um, then you're going to be more inflamed. So if you don't detox well, then you will have worse skin because your body will just be in a general state of distress. Of inflammation, and right. Yeah. You'll be inflamed. And also like your body is, <clears throat> is, is your skin is your, where you're exposed to the outside world where all of the outside toxins are. And <clears throat> I'm pretty sure that's what, I don't know if that's what you meant, but that's when I think about the skin and toxins, I think about how it protects you literally from all of the things in the outside world that would be toxic if they were inside of you. Literally like 100% of the things, like the bed sheets, you know, on your bed, like you don't want those in your bloodstream, right? right? Your your skin is is the thing. Yes, your
0: skin absorbs things. People, a lot of people don't know that. I think probably everybody listening does, but your skin absorbs things and it goes into your bloodstream. (laughs) Yes, this happens.
1: No. And if it's it w- if it's strong, it will it will help you do that less. Yeah.
0: No, I um yeah, when I say largest detoxification organ, I mean your skin, you sweat and so you you purge crap that needs yeah, to be purged. Sweat
1: sweat is good. Sweat is good too. Sweat
0: is good. Sweat is good. Okay. Um
1: any other thoughts
0: on skin and acne? Ugh.
1: not no. No, I think I think we covered most of the most of the good
0: stuff i'm going to be putting together an ebook um of like step by step this is one of the projects i have (laughs) deep into the future um of of step by step i get a lot of people that don't understand how to do processes step by step so i'm going to do an ebook that kind of goes through how to do all of that stuff if you're interested in in doing the natural skincare and uh, making your own stuff I get a lot of questions about when to do moisturizers, when to do sunscreens, and how do you know how often can I do this? And so it's it's going to be more about it's going to be recipes, but then also about timing, and then hacking how to figure out things work, how how to figure out how um, certain oils will work best for you, and and taking that whole individualized approach, which we love to yeah. talk about. Boom! Awesome. Yeah. So let's move on to question number two is from Eliza. Hi, beautiful girls. Just wondering what is a high fat diet? Is it like one to two tablespoons per meal or is it one to two tablespoons per meal three to four times a day? Is that a high fat diet? I see people say that you should eat a small amount of fat with each meal. What is a small amount? What is a high amount? For me, it is much easier to understand if someone could say a small amount is a teaspoon or a tablespoon or something like that. I try not to worry about fat, but there are so many opposing advices about it. I'm trying to gain weight, but I want to do it in a healthy way. I've also read from several hormonal specialists that they actually recommend to avoid saturated fat because it can decrease hormones or prohibit hormonal balance. While on the paleo diet, this makes it a bit difficult. I like to rotate, not just eat olive oil every day. What do you think about that? Thanks.
1: I think so many things about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you would.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks. So I have the same sort of feelings about recommendations and the ease of of conceiving of what that is. You know, people tell you a certain number of grams a day and you're like, but how much is that really? So actually I I sort of designed a heuristic or a program or whatever for how to think about the quantity of food that you eat for carbohydrates and protein and fat. And I use it in my book, uh, Weight Loss Unlocked, which helps people lose weight and you're trying to gain weight. So uh, it's probably – probably not on your list of programs to buy but basically what i do in that program is i i talk about serving sizes and i break things down into like a serving size and for me each serving size is roughly a 100 calories um but it's i say roughly because i say a serving of fat is one tablespoon and one tablespoon is actually 120 calories um and it's uh, slightly more. It's probably about 14 grams of fat. But that's one serving. And I rec- I recommend on my low-fat diet plan that women eat three servings of fat a day. So that's one serving with each meal. That's one mm-hmm. tablespoon with each meal. Like, easy, boom. Uh, which is kind of odd or surprising or something because you asked if that would be like a high-fat diet. And I actually recommend that as the lower limit. When you do it that way, you're still only getting about 350, 400 calories of fat a day, which amounts to about 20% of calories. And I recommend that as more or less the lower limit because your body needs fat to do a lot of things. You know, like your cells, like cell membranes are composed of fat. Um, your brain is mostly fat, like fat is really important and your body likes to burn fat as fuel and women need fat even more than men do, uh, to feel like we're fed and to assure our bodies we're being fed and you need fat to make hormones. That's a very real thing. If you don't have, if you don't consume sufficient fat, your, your reproductive system will probably falter as will other hormonal systems in their body, you know, like the thyroid and whatnot. Um, so that's really important and <clears throat> I would say on the upper end, you know, I would multiply that by two for a moderate fat diet. So that would be two servings of fat a meal or two tablespoons per meal and if you want to go super high fat, um, that would be like three a meal and that would put you at nine servings fat of fat a day and that would be... Upwards of fifty percent of calories that you were eating, you know, probably more like sixty, you know, two thirds of calories, and I think that that's like pretty reasonable for for a high fat range. So I put it in increments like that, one, two, or three per meal, and that goes low, moderate, or higher fat, roughly in in my program. So when you're doing one to two tablespoons per meal and you're trying to gain weight, like that should be your lower limit and honestly trying to gain weight like you know just go ahead and eat as much fat as you want right and get to get to the point you want to be i wouldn't be concerned about your health fat is perfectly perfectly healthy for you to eat you know there's some speculation out there that saturated fats are inflammatory and in some ways they are but inflammation is not inherently a bad thing like it's important in the body if you have an inflamed body and you've been chronically ill or something and and know that you're that you're inflamed then yeah perhaps you might want to moderate your saturated fat but inflammation is an important part of the body you know body's <clears throat> processes and healing so i wouldn't i wouldn't be terrified of any kind of fat you know including saturated fat and i would in fact encourage you to eat it liberally you know two servings per meal is, is great three probably super great if you're trying to gain weight i don't know if you have trouble convincing yourself to eat but i don't you know like i could do that no problem you know you pair that with some sugar you know with some sweet potatoes or some rice or some fruits and and you're and you're good to go you know you're you'll be on a nice weight gain plan um that's kind of well, I, I think that's a lot. But that that's, those are my opinions on, on how much fat should be in the diet depending on you know, depending on what you want. And I <clears throat> for people to lose weight, I recommend doing either low or high fat. You know, I recommend either or and so you just pick if you're gonna have one serving of fat or, you know, three per meal and there you go. There but again you that's go. Yeah, but again that's for weight that's for weight loss and I'm just throwing that out there for everybody but you know like I said for you go wild.
0: Right. Yeah, so I wanted to put it out there the US Department of Agriculture recommends that healthy adults consume between 20 to 35% of their daily calories from fat. So I think with that recommendation, we can probably assume that, even though it's super relative, I mean, it, whether you, what country you live in or your, your traditions or whatever, I mean, a, a quote-unquote high-fat diet is going to be different for everybody. But I would assume anything uh, around 50% or more would be considered a high higher-fat, high-fat diet. And Stephanie, is, I'm in complete agreement, I think. Two to two and a half servings of fat with each meal would would can constitute a high fat diet. So, a tablespoon of coconut oil or a half of an avocado—that's about fourteen to fifteen grams of fat. Um, uh, half of a large avocado, and so if you're eating two thousand calories a day, that means trying to eat at least one hundred and fifteen grams of fat. And so, you know, doing that with two and, to two and a half servings per meal, you'll get there. And then you have to consider certain foods that are that contain. Bits of fat with protein like eggs, like meat, stuff like that. And if if you're trying to gain weight, I I don't think simply adding fat is the solution be, because it's very satiating, right? And d- it may work for you because it's maybe right now you're not eating a lot of fat, so that will help. But it's it's really hard to do in whole form. Once you start to kind of eat more intuitively, it's really hard to overdo – a lot of fat. So I would actually go with the combination of fats and carbohydrates plus salt because that kind of makes it hyper palatable and it's easier to keep eating. So you could do something like eat a large sweet potato and add quite a bit of coconut oil or even a little bit of coconut milk or almond butter or butter and then sprinkle some salt on it and that will be that's I'm not saying that if you put coconut oil or fat or whatever, I do this every day, and I'm not gaining weight, but it's an easy way to make things taste really good and to keep eating them. Um, you could also do something like rice crackers with almond butter. It's easy to go past the point of registered fullness with that, and then protein shakes perfect way to gain weight specifically you could you could do one with you could do like a whey protein shake and add coconut milk or fruit or You can throw in some coconut oil and it's really easy to digest and without feeling um, like without reaching satiety too quickly. Uh, And also, may I suggest doing strength-based lifting programs, something that contains compound movements, stop doing the cardio, do something like four to five sets of five reps so, you could do a deadlift, you could do a squat, or if you're not comfortable doing that stuff, just get into the gym and start you know maybe trying out some weight machines, get some help from whoever's there to show you how to use a few of them and try to go for lower um rep ranges, so five, six uh, reps and maybe four to five sets if you're if you've been doing strength training, if you haven't, you need to. You don't want to jump right into that. You need a, kind of an introduction phase where you do uh, higher sets of reps and you learn, you know, strength training movements and stuff. But that will help you gain weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Boy, do I wish that were my
0: problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Happens real fast for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. I Not to say that, you know, I'm not going – I'm not trivializing any sort of no. <laughs> struggle that you're having. But – Boy, how fun would that be to just, like, mm, eat all of the things all of the time. I would personally, that would make me so happy. Yeah. I think I think heaven is a bowl of granola.
0: Granola, mm. huh? Mm,
1: well, it's, I don't know, like, maybe different cereals and granola with a lot of dried fruit and chocolate in it.
0: Yeah. And also, I could that. like.
1: I could, like, dip it in yogurts and I, ice cream.
0: I could do that. You know... I've come to a place, though, where all the foods that I eat, I really do enjoy now. Like, I was just trying to think of, like, what would heaven be like eh, besides, you know, the gold and all of the things. I'm like, uh, I actually eat all that now. So, like, all my favorite foods I eat Mm -hmm. now, the only limiting factor is I am a delicate – my gut is a delicate flower. So that is where you and I differ. I have a really hard time. Like, even just randomly, I'll get – really messed up gut issues for like a week and i have i try so hard to pinpoint it i'm like oh great here's one more thing i gotta take out it's not actually even emotionally hard for me it's just like okay whatever it doesn't make me feel good but i mean i would love to be able to just eat the things that make me sick without thinking about it but i don't actually really even i mean like gluten and dairy i mean i don't really enjoy it i just want to be able to eat it so that if i ever do get exposed to it (laughs) like you know Mm -hmm. blank doesn't hit the fan literally um (laughs) (laughs) but i eat something mm -hmm, but i do i eat all the foods that i would that i would eat in heaven i like i was i love rice with like oh my god that's your food isn't that funny i well i love the way i cook rice and then i add coconut oil to it and i have a little bit of like salt and pepper and then i we usually combine it with like Like, we'll – on the weekends, we will cook, like, a specialty whatever meat. So we'll do, like, a flank steak or something. It is so good. And my favorite dish ever, like, my my meal-before-you-die dish is uh, um, shepherd's pie, but I do it with uh, Japanese sweet potatoes on top and then, like, bacon and – and then ground beef. And yeah, it's so good. I have that, I that recipe I could, on my website. I could
1: probably have like three bites before I gained 10 pounds. That's what my body really? does.
0: So. Even yeah. with that kind of stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean,
1: anything that's... Uh, I can't even. Like, anything that has, <clears throat> I don't know, fat in it. Anything that has fat and sugar in it. Pretty I don't, pretty much anything that's not like a vegetable or a fruit. Yeah. my um, My body really, really likes to... Um, hoard its, hoard its fat cells, well, so, I have, which
0: is cool. I appreciate that. <laughs> I I have hope. I think one day you're going to stabilize better.
1: Yeah, that think, would be exciting. Yeah,
0: I think I I've I'm a little bit older than you, a more mature, shall we say, um, according to your college. And I think it's really been these last two. I mean, I've been. St- at the weight I am now and and just being able to maintain it without, you know, I'll have weeks where I don't work out. I'll have weeks where I'm just a maniac. And I have, of course, weeks when I'm on and off with my food. And actually, I'm always on with my food. It's just, you know, I have a very varying diet. And uh, it's really been the last two years that it's kind of like all come together and I'm like, wow, like I really don't even have to think about it anymore. Like my yep. body adapts to the things that I eat and it adapts to the fitness that I do or don't do. And it's just, it's really cool to be here with years of it not being that way at all. Like, I mean, I really royally screwed up my metabolism and, and my emotional and mentality was just so off. And I think it, there's it's, it's awesome because there is so much hope because I, I know I've completely – I'm out of jail. I'm not in that mentality anymore, and my body's healed. And for that to happen to me, I just think there's so much hope for the people who aren't there yet because, like, it does happen. You can become, like – you can you can become normal and healed and, and live like you always wished you could. Like, that's all I wanted to do, right, when – like, you know, five, ten years ago it was like, I just want to be normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know. That that actually that reminds me, I wanna mention one thing about the <clears throat> the last this question. Yeah. About uh hormones and so you were talking about you know, noticing things with our bodies and stuff. Mm-hmm. I will say I I notice a very significant difference between the amount of libido I feel and how much fat is in my diet. If I don't eat enough fat, I don't feel it at all. Period. It's just not there. Interesting. Yeah. And so what like she mentioned um doctors recommending that you don't eat fat cuz it'll throw off hormone balance, but I you really do need fat in order to in order to experience a lot of the reproductive fitness things. So, you know, for a rockin' sex life. Eat One fat, table, baby. One ta- at minimum, one tablespoon of fat per meal. I'm going to make a t shirt. <laughs> that's, like, that's what it's going to say. <laughs> at minimum, one tablespoon of fat per meal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I will wear it.
1: Thanks.
0: Sales on the website. <laughs> okay, bonus section. Um, Did you see this? What I put? Uh, Nappy is naps? It funny? No. Nappy naps. We were having this discussion, and I'm like, This is a bonus section discussion because I want to hear all about your naps. So, do you take naps? Do you think that they are paleo? (laughs) And um, how how do you feel about them?
1: I think there is nothing in the world more paleo than napping. Like, nothing. Except for maybe t-shirts that say I'm gluten-free on them or something. (laughs) Or like
0: I'm 80, bacon. 20 or, yeah. I eat
1: bacon. I like bacon. Right. Okay. So, um, no, I really do think so. Okay. So, lots of animals sleep a lot, like whenever they feel like it. And the human body has this like really natural circadian rhythm to it. And it's a very natural thing. Like, most people feel a bit of an energy slump in the middle of the afternoon. And one of the things that paleo is supposed to cure you from is this, like, energy slump in the middle of the afternoon. And, like, yeah, maybe. And I think it definitely lessens it. But it's a very real thing. Like, your cortisol levels just go up and down throughout the day. And if... You have the opportunity to nap during that time. I think you should feel free to nap. I personally, well, my sleep is a little bit messed up, as, as you all know. And I don't sleep for long enough at nighttime. You know, I probably get I get four to six hours every night. And so I really feel, that I usually feel the need to go back to sleep at some time during the day. And I will between, you know, for one and a half to three hours, depending on how much I missed during the night. Uh, Some nights I I do sleep all the way through, uh, rarely, and I feel less of a need to nap. So, you know, a lot of that need to nap is from sleep deprivation that people feel. Um, But I also, I don't know, I really enjoy napping. And I, I sort of feel by the time I get to like the middle of the day... I really just feel like I need to shut everything off and start over again. You know, things are getting too bright. They're too loud. I don't like the – I'm such a terrible, delicate flower hermit woman. I just the – wor- the world feels like too much. And I'm I'm like I, – I, technically, you could – they talk about this. You could call me like a highly sensitive person. You know, I don't like sounds. I don't like lights. I don't like a lot of people. Like, I don't like a lot of this stuff. And by the middle of the day, it just all feels like too much and I need to reset. And it really helps. And it, it helps me um, get headaches less often. And I, I feel more alert. Like if, if napping is going to make you feel more alert, I can't like, why not do it? Obviously, if you're working, that, that's, that's a bit of a trouble. But um, I'm pro-nap. I'm 100% pro-nap. I should have just written the article, what paleo means to me, and just put napping. Just <laughs> made a graphic. Paleo is naps.
0: I am so not paleo. If I, I guess because you said there's nothing more paleo. I'm just there's not. There's nothing more paleo. I'm not paleo.
1: <sighs> well, you know, like, I mean, most people don't live that way. But right. I think that if your body's asking for it, and particularly if you're struggling with a thing like I am, you know, like, this is a real problem for me. It's very challenging. Right. If you're struggling with a thing, then, then do it. You know, so many women write to me with problems with fatigue and all that sort of stuff. I'm like, look, if your body's asking you to sleep, like, let it go to sleep. You know, you can mm. keep working on any underlying health problems you might have. But if if you've got a thing, address the thing and, 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 and let it sleep.
0: Mm. I totally agree. I do not take naps, however, because I can't. I actually don't remember the last time I took a nap. I do remember the last time I slept during the day and it was when I had mono in college. <laughs> uh, so other than that, it Yeah, I can't do it. I've tried. I lay there. I'm the person that, like, when I'm up, I am up. And when I'm asleep, I'm asleep. And so even if I didn't sleep the night before, I'm not even – well, I think I probably would be able to go to sleep for a little bit if I hadn't slept the night. But if I, like, only got a couple hours of sleep, I would still not be able to go back to sleep during the day as long as there's light. So I I find it interesting, though, that your perspective on – Getting a little bit of a restart in the middle of the day because I am so on point in the morning. Get up. I'm very productive. I can get a lot done. And there's obviously people like studies and, you know, uh, I guess coaches and like in the leadership world and, and in the work production world that talk about that Really productive power, two power kind of like two power hours that we have in the morning, and that a lot of people waste it on doing things like social media or you know watching TV or whatever. And you really need to do those things, do your hardest things in the morning because that's when you are most on point. And I definitely feel that. And by the time I get to four or five o'clock, it's really hard for me to focus, and I start to get things start to take longer. So I'm totally on board. I think I think naps are every works state or space and station should have a nap room like Google. I think Google has it and Apple, but um, I just can't do it. I am up and I don't get that. I don't really get that energy slump. I just notice that things like I'm not as focused, I guess. um, And that's just because I've, I've worn out a lot of my brain power, but I would, I would love to, I would love to one day, maybe I can imagine that if I ever have a child, if I have offspring, that I would have to, right? Like, you kind of have to sleep because you don't get that. I much imagine
1: you would do it less because you don't, because your child demands your time.
0: But the, you sleep when the baby sleeps. I've heard that. That's what people oh. say.
1: Well, sure. It's just maybe at different times of their lives you get to sleep differently.
0: I haven't done any research on it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know children.
1: Uh, no, I don't know children very well either. Hey, you know who napped every single day? Who? Winston Churchill really yeah I've done a lot of reading about like really famous and smart people who had odd sleeping habits to sort of like make me feel better about my odd sleeping habits Winston Churchill took a nap every day and he swore that it was like you know why he was such an effective leader
0: interesting maybe you're a descendant yeah. of Winston
1: I am moving to, I am moving to his homeland
0: yeah it's, it's my coming first
1: full circle it's my Hajj. it's my pilgrimage here I come <laughs>
0: okay mm-hmm. so we're coming to a close here you got anything else to add for our wonderful listeners
1: no but apparently we have some really sweet t-shirts coming for you we We've do got a, winston, a winston churchill t-shirt a bacon t-shirt uh, one tablespoon of fat per meal t-shirt
0: and team stephanie and team noel shirts
1: team stephanie and <laughs> team noel oh my god i'm oh my god okay cool all
0: right so that that's it we're done for today just want to let you know we're we so appreciate you guys and you gals and your support it really does it means the world to us so um if you could please have it itunes and leave us a review it would be awesome to see what you think and thank you in advance if you choose to do so for more from us you can find stephanie at paleo 4 women.com and me Well at coconuts talk to you next week